You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Half hour. Hello and welcome to Half Hour, an entertainment podcast through Two Worlds Entertainment. I'm Richie Grass, Artistic Director. And I'm Jeff Malone, Executive Director. Welcome to our weekly recap on the theater and music industry news and events of the past week. And we're heading into Memorial Day weekend 2021. Ooh. It's getting warmer out. The world is slowly and safely reopening. And everyone in the world is traveling, I think, this weekend and doing some cool stuff. So, yay! Um... Lots going on in the industries this week. Let's get that so, three-day weekend. Three-day weekends. Let's get up. to the scoop. Let's get a scoop. All right, so I'm <laughs> diving in first here today with my first topic I'd like to discuss today on theater, which is Tony, 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 Tony. What musical <laughs> is that from, Jeff? Oh, my gosh. Tony, 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 Tony. Oh, the producers. We need to have him rewatch that. I was getting confused with Bobby. Oh, no, Bobby. Bobby, that's company. No, this is Tony, Tony, Tony. So it was announced this week that the Tony Awards, you know, usually a four-hour format, Mm -hmm. um, is also still going to be a four-hour format. Great. But there's a little bit of a catch. Obviously, we know the Tony Awards have been pushed back many months because of the pandemic. They are ready to do the Tony Awards now in September. Um, it will be a four-hour um, special event, but it will be divided up. There will be two hours on Paramount Plus, where most of the categories will be given the awards at 7 p.m. And then at 9 p.m., it will go to CBS, where there will be a two-hour special on mainstream television, where the, the top three shows will perform, maybe some other performances as well. And then the top three categories will be given best play, best revival of a play, and best musical. There is no best revival of the musical category this year. Um, so those top three. Yes. Yeah, so those top three awards will be given out then okay. from nine to 11. Um, Lots of thoughts on this. Mm. Um, I mixed emotions on it because, well, here's my two cents. We know EGOT means Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, Tony. Those are the four biggest categories in um, American entertainment that you can really receive in the highest of honors. Um, So, you know, Emmy Awards, Grammy Awards, Oscars seem to make their formats work and get airtime and work. And then it becomes down to the Tonys. And to me, it's like, oh, your industry gets shut down. Oh, your industry is still not open. Oh, and now we're going to divide up your awards show. So, like, select people can buy exclusive 
streaming content here, and then everyone in the mainstream will see, but we're only going to give you the two hours, and who knows what the conversations were. Was it like, oh, we'll give you this if you give us that? I, I have no idea, so who knows what those negotiations were. But here's my thoughts on it. Okay. Do you know how many people don't see Broadway shows, have no access to coming to New York, who live all across the United States of America or internationally and maybe really rely, especially kids mm -hmm. and youth, who rely on knowing that their parents maybe can only afford or get basic cable television and they get four hours a year where they can go to CBS and watch these performances. And to me, it's like you've now robbed a lot of people 50% of an award show. And of course they can go get a Paramount Plus membership and they can go stream it because everyone's streaming. Maybe actually some people will have no problem doing that. To me, the it's about accessibility. Yeah. We know that theater Broadway shows are expensive. We know that Broadway shows are closed right now. We know flying to New York and staying in a hotel and seeing Broadway shows is very expensive for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. So the only thing, one of the few things that was like really accessible to the mainstream and also showed the world what Broadway is doing, showed the world, oh, I don't really see a lot of Broadway shows, but now that I saw the Tony Awards, you know what the ticket sales are like the day after Tony Awards? Yeah. Like, they're incredible. Yeah. And so I feel yeah, we like... we don't go to theater after the Tonys. <laughs> we, we try to see all our shows before Tony's because when that show wins Best Musical, you can't see that show until after Christmas. Yeah, we still haven't usually. seen Hades still, yeah, which right. won Best Musical. Right, right. So I just feel like overall... It's, it's a little sad for me because I think that now there is a lot of people who will not see a lot of that. You know how many people are just going to say, I'll just see the performances at 9 o'clock and I'll see the top three categories and that's it. And guess what? That is still a big deal. But, you know, you took a four-hour thing that should have been really easy for people to just instantly turn on and watch. And not to mention, like, you know, Netflix and Hulu have been around for a really long time. Yeah. So Paramount Plus just came out. So now it's not only like, oh, well, guess what? I've had Netflix for 10 years. So great. No, it's like, oh, let me add Paramount Plus on for other reasons, too. But to me, I just I'm a little also side note. There is no host announced yet. There is no venue announced yet. So is this a Radio City musical? Is there a live event? Is this I'm assuming since they're waiting till September, they're going to want people in the audience who is invited. What are the ticket sales like? The host is always a really big deal. Who's hosting? Mm -hmm. Is it still, is it pre-recorded? Like, this is just really, it's, it's in a way, it's new. Yes, we should always be open to new ideas. I get it. But I want to know your thoughts because I'm a little, uh, a little slightly upset about it. I think just for the masses of people to be able to see this. <laughs> okay, for That's me, for me, I think this, let's go back to what, I, I think there's multiple things going on. Yeah, here. sure, One, sure. They're now creating a paywall for people to see the show, and people are going to be very against this. But number two, this is where I always find the Tonys to be quite interesting and Broadway. Broadway is very bubble. It's a big bubble, and it's only in New York, and the Tonys are only focused on Broadway shows. So maybe this doesn't really appeal to the masses like the Grammys do, or the Emmys, or the Oscars. And it's always kind of been like this little circle, which is, it's almost like what Broadway's been talking about over the last year in the pandemic is like, how do we make Broadway more inclusive? Sure, sure. And I'm going to go there for this, but like, we have shows that start out of town all around this country. Don't you think you can make Broadway a little more inclusive if you had an out of town category within the Tonys? 
you know, those things eventually come to Broadway. I know, doesn't the d- Drama Desk or one of them do an out of- Some of the, well, I will say that the Tony Awards do have a recognition award for regional theater. And every year they do award one regional theater a Tony Award for their input into the American musical theater or just the American theater scene. So there is a award for that. There are also smaller categories that honor tours and regional theaters and summer stocks. Yes, there are awards for that, but the Tony Awards, the big award category, mainly focuses on New York theater, 95%. Right. So at the same time, when you, you're getting ratings on a big network channel and it's not appealing to the whole country, mm-hmm. then it's just, they probably don't value it the same. Mm-hmm. And right now they're probably turning it more into the business eye and saying, okay, guess what? We don't really care about all these other categories. We'll go put them on Paramount Plus and we're going to do a little exercise here to see if this works. Are people going to subscribe to Paramount Plus? Can we do a deal with them? I think it's an attack on cable anyway um, mm-hmm. going in the future. Many things are going to start doing this. This is probably just one of the first that it's actually happening, um, especially when you see things like MTV partnering with Paramount Plus. Are the VMAs this summer going to be on there? It's like things that we don't really know. To yet. me, I, I understand, and it's kind of a guinea pig thing, and I and it, it will try it out. Yeah. I, I just feel like if you were going to go to a streaming, I almost just wish it was a little bit more of an accessible streaming. Like Hulu, a lot of people have partnered with their Disney Plus membership. Hulu has tons of shows on the next day, and a lot of people already have Hulu. Mm-hmm. Was it Would it have been that difficult to just put this... I don't know enough about this streaming industry, so I'm just speaking from like a... Pl- well, it's uh, a competition the- right now. Every single streaming right. so like, platform is coming out, and by the time, you know... 2030 comes around, we probably won't have cable right. anymore. And that's fine. But and we'll be paying limbo. the same amount for right. every subscription well, service. But the difference is, and I saw someone comment the, on this on one of the Playbill things, it's like, get it for one month, it's a free trial. Right. And then test right. it out. Right. You don't have to actually pay for it. Just don't use your free trial right away. Right. And then cancel. And it. I get there's always loopholes and I get it. I'm not you trying know? to cheat a system. Obviously, whatever the money is involved in this award show, we want to support yeah. the award show. We want to support, and I get it. It's just, it was just an interesting, I, I, I was just expecting, here's the Tony Awards, and it's a four-hour thing from <laughs> 7 to 11 on CBS on well, this it's night. Also that it's, it's just, it's been dragged and yeah. dragged and dragged on. Now, yeah. I will also say, there's less shows, so maybe when there's a normal awards show and there's a lot more shows involved, maybe we'll go back to, and people are seeing shows and the industry's back, it, but well, if I we went back to normal, then it kind of comes down to like, oh, did... Well, because your industry was closed down, we're going to shorten your award show because I don't really like that either. Well, it doesn't so really matter because that's... what are they filling the time with two hours if there's only three musicals? Well, right. So that's why I'm saying right. And if usually there's know, what five? Yeah, plus re- four revivals yeah. shows performing and like tons. Yeah, I get it. So, so it's tough. I get it. So anyway, interesting announcement this week. I'm so glad the awards are still happening. We'll get to see some performances, and it is we'll, what it is. we'll have to do a special podcast on that in September. <laughs> All right, bouncing over to Music World. Okay, and here we go. The spotlight is on Richie's new favorite, <laughs> uh, Miss Olivia Rodrigo. Yes, I like her. I do like her, yes. Um, she dropped her new album, Sour, last Friday. Mm-hmm. And um, I always like to showcase or try to showcase something from the previous week. So let's just go. I'm going to start by saying uh, I'll be a little blunt in saying that Dominating in the pop music scene isn't always easy for new artists, and um, it really can take sometimes years for pop stars to really land that first hit. Mm. So to go from, like, nothing to everything is big, and I feel like that's really what Olivia is doing right now. Mm. She's 
has the perfect team. She has a perfect marketing instructor. She has a perfect image, in my opinion, in the pop scene. And she's killing it. I think the album also crushed it. Um, and I think she's definitely going to be around for some time. Um, I, I like the new album. I get this really teen angst vibe from her. Yeah. And what I like about it is it's not like, oh, I'm a Disney girl and I'm still a Disney girl. And let me just go off the deep end. It was like not that. It was like no. a nice progression of like I can be angsty, I can be edgy, I can be pop, and I can still keep my Disney face, which yes. she is still serving a Disney contract on a show, whatever. But then also can release a little bit of an explicit album on her own. And I think the ba- I think those balance of those two worlds, no pun intended, is kind <laughs> of like a nice thing to see. Well, yeah, we don't always get that from the Disney. No, kids, you know, it's usually this... the second the Disney's over, they're whoa, they're way out into right. thir- into left field. You and know? we're also in a different. Uh, we're in an interesting scene too because like. High School Musical, the musical, is on Disney+. Plus. This is kind of the first time we're really seeing something and it not being launched on their network channel. This is a little bit, not that I'm saying it's more edgy, but they're doing different things on this show that we never kind of really saw in Disney in the past, Mm -hmm. you know, playing with LGBT themes and, you know, people of color themes and traveling themes and having long-distance relationships. And it's like... That's all great. I don't really remember seeing a lot of that when we were kids on the Disney Yeah, the Channel. show so is really, really diverse and really wonderful like that. Yeah. But also, just to say, like, I think there is a great Disney disconnect mm-hmm. from her pop music career and her being on this show. Where it used to be when you were on Disney, you were on Disney. And everything you did yeah, yeah, was yeah. Disney, mm-hmm. you know? And now she, she is... Launching herself as Olivia Rodrigo. I think there are plenty of people that probably don't even know she's on this show. And there right. are people that know she's on the show that also know she has right. a pop music career. Right. So I think that's really cool. I also think with things like this too, like, teen, to me, teen angst music works. Yes. It doesn't always work for every artist. Right. But when you've seen Alanis Morissette and then you've seen Avril Lavigne yeah. and now you see this – it 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 doesn't work for all artists, but it it does work. There's yeah. always going to be, you know, teenagers in the world who want to rock out to this like, no one understands me. I'm gonna scream and belt and sing the angst. And I think, and I'm like, good for you. It's always been something. It, it, there's always been the teens obsessed with the Beatles, the teens obsessed with Carol Kings, and then the, then we got the teens obsessed with the yeah. 80s, and then the 90s with Alanis. There's always that teen angst vibe. So good for you. Like yes. you're kind of pushing that envelope, and I like that. And for me, I've always been a fan of the big angsty teenage girl music. <laughs> sure. I love Avril Lavigne. I love Paramore. I love the Veronicas. Those are just to name yeah. a few. I I think her standout tracks on this album really are Brutal, Traitor, Deja Vu, Good For You, mm-hmm. Jealousy, Jealousy. Mm-hmm. They're really great. The album is a breakup album. It's relatable to many ages, not just teens. I think this can be, you know, enjoyed by most people. And it just feels authentic from her. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. a key word I think you really need to have in the pop industry now is just being authentic. Yep. Yep. So you know, bravo to her. Yeah. Can't sure. wait to see what the future brings. Yeah, yeah. She's really, really, she's, and she came out onto the mainstream really quick. Very quick. Really quick I mean, quick. driver's license shot yeah. to number one. And then I think Good For You or Deja Vu, one of them also just shot yeah. to number one. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah, that's big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really so. cool. 
Good. Okay, moving forward to my next topic today. We're going back to Theater World. Um, we were mentioning Town earlier. I an announced this week their tickets are going on sale soon, and their show's opening a little earlier in September than most mm-hmm. shows. So they're actually, I think, right now the first show to return. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, the band on Town. you know, we haven't seen it yet, but I, I do know that the band is on stage during the performances. They are visible and seen. Mm-hmm. And the Town band came out with a statement saying they are going to add a lot of more race and gender diversity to their representation in the band on stage, um, including black, a POC, and female subs. So, well, musicians, but also subs. So a lot of times... You know, a lot of people may or may not know this, but most Broadway shows are eight times a week. And a lot of times if a musician is out sick, they need to, a sub needs to go in and fill that instrument. It's not like if there's 10 instrumentalists and two people are sick now, that show there's only eight. No, you still need to have 10 musicians, every, whatever the number is. So they want representation, not just one or two. They said many, you know, they feel like orchestras um, need to be have good race and gender diversity representation on the stage. Mm-hmm. And one thing that was interesting that the Hades Town Band said was they hope orchestra, other orchestras do this too. And I think to myself, most orchestras are in pits or off stage and not seen. And usually when they're seen, there's a reason. Um, and and it's it's part of the aesthetic of the show. We've mm-hmm. seen like Waitress. We've seen shows where the band is on stage. Chicago. I mean, that band yeah. is up there on stage. But if you're seen and you're doing this wonderful race and gender diversity, great. But it's so important, and I said this a few podcasts ago, it's so important that the the representation is also where we are not seen. And it's talked about in producer roles and management roles and orchestra roles and crew and ushers and office work and Everywhere in the theater, there needs to be equal race and gender diversity. So it's great that Hades, it's so great that Hades Town is doing this. But that show down the street that has 20 people sitting in a pit that no one sees, they need to be doing it too. Mm-hmm. And that is where we need to hold people accountable. Because guess what? I can walk up at intermission to the front of the aisle and look down into the pit, or I love to do this. My thing is, if I'm in the orchestra section, there's always an orchestra, most of the time a lot of shows have exit music, Mm -hmm. bows and then lights up, and people are exiting, the orchestra's still playing. And I go right over sometimes, and I look down. I love to see, that's your moment to see, like, obviously you know it's live, but like, yeah, there you are live, they're right there, there's people, (laughs) and some people forget that, and I'm like, I should be able to look down and see that diversity there too, even if I didn't see them for two and a half hours on the stage. And you you go and look because you love music and you love playing music. Yeah. So this is my issue. I, I hope, I hope, I hope that they're doing this for the right reason and they're not doing this for, let's say, clout or um, to get feedback from people. Mm Mm-hmm. The publicizing of trying to do good, I've never understood. You should have been doing good from the beginning. Right, right, right. Because right. you're getting called out now. Now you're making statements. I just, I don't get it. But hopefully this is a step in the right direction. And hopefully yes, other people fall suit. I agree. Right. It is a positive thing in the right direction. But I hear you. Yeah. I agree. But it should have been that way from the beginning. Yeah. It really should have. Especially in Shirley Town, which, I, like, once again, we didn't see. So it's hard to talk about you. We haven't seen it yet. But... There is diversity in the... We see the photos. We see the people who've won the awards. Yeah. There's diversity all over that actor company, Yeah, which I, is great. I really don't think people are having a problem with the diversity that is going on stage. It's the diversity behind stage mm-hmm. that no one sees. It's who is controlling everything. Who is the gatekeeper of, you know, making all the rules? Mm-hmm. 
That's the problem. Well, the thing is, the average audience member comes in and sees, you know, 10 to 20 to 30 people on stage and doesn't see 100 people, literally could take 100 people between ushers, ticket sales, crew, um, orchestra, management, casting, uh, um, payroll. I mean, the people who run all the... Those need to be equal representation, too, mm-hmm. because it, it, it takes a village, as we know, and it takes an army of strong, diverse inclusivity in the theater community to make that happen. And if we're see, if we're see, we need to obviously see it of course with the cast on stage but in other places too. So when you hear about an orchestra coming forward and making that statement, I thought that was I think it's cool. great. I think people just need to be aware from the beginning. From day 1, people should be aware of their surroundings of who yeah. they're working yeah. with. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. know? So that's just my feeling. Cool, cool, cool. Alrighty, moving on to your next topic. We're going to talk about the TikTok effect and going viral Mm. with your past hits now. Mm. So this is always my favorite because I think TikTok is a very interesting platform and many people hate it. Many people love it. Mm. I'm very in between. I think it's great. um, And sometimes I think it's a little interesting because people try very hard. But what I do love with it right now is it's taking an old song and making it viral again. I love that. I love that there is music out there that has longevity and it also opens the door for people to put their own spin on the music. Um, I want to highlight today Natasha Bedingfield's Unwritten. Uh, This song just turned 17 years old. Wow. (laughs) Wow, do you feel old? (laughs) Oh my God, I love that song. Yes. I do. I'm such a and it's old timeless. School. The song is really yeah. timeless. I'm pretty sure if you played the song today or it came out today, the kids would love it. It's like a coffee shop song, kind of too. Yeah. Or driving down the it's road. It's like your song. parents yeah. played it yeah, on Light yeah. FM. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's blowing up on TikTok again. And why? Because DJs kind of put their own spin on it and created a viral moment with it. Um, I find it fascinating because you know, it could have done nothing. But kids really liked it, and they found inspired. They felt inspired by it, and older people felt inspired by it too. And they made these videos. Um, I was reading this article with Natasha um, and Pop Crush, and she was quoted saying that there are so many incredible singers and artists and dancers on TikTok right now. And I think one of the coolest things is that it's taken away the gatekeepers, the people who you had to get permission from before. Now you can make yourself a star. And I think that's what's really cool with TikTok is like, if you feel like you have the it factor, you can take this time now and you can turn yourself into a star just by following some trends, listening to some cool music. And what people are doing on the, the platform is they're taking specific points of the song. And this one is all about using Natasha's pre-chorus into the chorus where she talks about like release your inhibitions. So that's where the dancing part comes mm-hmm. in, like re- release your inhibitions and don't have a care in the world. You know, so it still works. It's it's a, it's a timeless saying. It's two things also going on here. It's power of the masses. We saw that with the Ratatouille TikTok musical. Yes. When the masses come together and the power of the people, so they can re- resurge a song like this. I mean, don't forget... Things come back, like clothing and style yeah. trends come back. Oh, we so see it. We see it all the time. <laughs> so, like, and certain like movie remakes. If a movie worked thirty years later, they remake it or a Broadway show. We see this in a lot of different genres of the world. So, why can't music come back to the front foot again and be something that a new generation hears for the first time or hears and doesn't think it's you know 
TikTok does this with some of their songs once in a while. Like, mm-hmm. um, uh, put your hand on my shoulder. That was a whole <laughs> thing, right? And that's a classic yeah. old song that, like, how many people had no idea? And I know they, like, change the ending and they do some silly... I don't, yeah, I'm yeah. not on TikTok. I don't uh, know. But I would hear that all the time. But he's not on TikTok, but he watches reels. I watch reels. <laughs> but I think that the... Um, that old that's an old song you know and how many people would have never heard that song or never right. even knew that song was and that's and it's so here is another example so trends come back and i think it's cool and i think it's great that tiktok's a platform for that let's yeah, bring things back cool. once you know me i love old stuff but so. also it's like these are some hits that really now it's also like does this have the chance for a song that was a big flop at its time to have a new twist on it to then make it popular mm-hmm, again mm-hmm. guess we'll have to see very cool stuff you know Alrighty. We're gonna go into rapid fire time. Rapid fire. Okay, so we each have a few quick things to wrap up here. So <laughs> first, I'm going to um, you know, we're huge Handmaid's Tale fans in this house here, yes. and we love, love, love. The and season is killing it. Yes, and Elizabeth Moss is brilliant, but I also think Anne Dowd as Aunt Lydia is brilliant as an actress and yes. as a performer. She is. Just, I mean, the character is wild, but she is just so committed, and I think she's an amazing performer. Anyway, it was announced this week that she will be starring in a one-woman version of Ibsen's Enemy of the People, where she will be playing all of the characters. Like, okay, <laughs> yes. So um, June 22nd to July 25th at New York City's Park Avenue Armory. Um, tickets are going on sale soon. She will be doing that. I think we need to go to that. because okay, get to, on it. Like, to watch her play all the characters in an Ibsen play and just I mean I I would love to see that I think she's brilliant so yeah, if you're looking for something to brilliant. check out and not wait till Broadway comes back in September there are some small things returning in the city now in June, July, August check it out um, I don't know many more of the details but I think you can get tickets now and it's Aunt Dowd so Aunt Lydia Realness go mm-hmm. watch her perform live why not she's absolutely brilliant so that's my first rapid fire Okay, um, it is rumored that Lord is gearing up to release a new album. Mm. This would be her third album. Um, it's been nearly four years since she's released an album. Wow. Um, and this rumor stems from her getting booked on a major festival in 2022 called Primavera that takes place in Barcelona. Okay. Uh, I'm super excited about this because I'm a huge Lord fan. Yeah, yeah, and she's great. They kind of let her second album not do so well. Mm. Um, but I always find it really interesting when an artist takes their time to, you know, put time into their art and craft. Uh, so we, we see many artists, we see artists like Taylor Swift, we see artists like Ariana Grande who like just keep on releasing and releasing and releasing. That's interesting too, but also like maybe some people still find value in the album and the overall album concept. And maybe that's why she's taking her time. Yeah. I, I think you should, I think artists should take their time. Yeah. And I also think the quote from the festival, it was Lord will emerge from retirement. Bah, 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 bah. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> what? Emerge from retirement? Like I, retire- I think we all completely don't understand what that word means. Re- to me, retirement's like you have a whole career and then you retire. Not, Every time you don't have an album coming out that you're, you're retired, if I that know, was the case, we'd have some people in retirement 30 times. Yeah, like, I know. That word gets bizarre in the music bizarre. industry. Like, no sense like Rihanna, when are you coming out yeah. of retirement? Yeah, like what? Retirement? <laughs> I think we need to find a new word to maybe out of your pause or out of your 
um, yes. break. You took yes. a break or whatever. right now we're all going to be coming out of into yeah. retirement for the theater. Yeah, community. right, right. So anyway, yeah, Lord's great. That's so, so awesome. Um, and my last rapid fire here is um, Disney's coming back to New York. Well, obviously we know Aladdin and um, Lion King are coming back to the Broadway mainstream, but Disney Theatrical Productions is um, going to be producing um, with some other producers, I believe, as well, Disney's Winnie the Pooh musical stage adaptation off-Broadway. Mm. Um, at Theater Row featuring the Sherman Brothers music, which our followers know we did a Sherman reworked Sherman Brothers music concert at Feinstein's 54 Below in February 2020. Um, and so their Sherman Brothers music is going to be in this. They're going to use a lot of puppetry. It's going to start in October. I thought this was really cool. Disney always does these mainstream either tours or big out-of-towns. or So to have like a smaller off-Broadway production and doing something like Winnie the Pooh that's really kid-friendly with puppets, like how amazing is that? I think that's going to be really cute and cool. Hopefully it's successful. I would actually really yeah. love to see it. And I think that's a classic. And um, I'm not sure what the plot is going to be or how they're, you know, the tickets go on sale soon. So that was a really I'm happy cool. that we're not getting like people dressed up as the character. Yeah, let's do some puppetry. Let's do something. To, yeah, exactly. Like, could you imagine? Like, I, I would, it would be interesting. Also, fun fact: we did not rework any Winnie. Oh the yeah, Pooh. we did not rework Winnie the Pooh music, even though Sherman Brothers did a lot of that. Sherman Brothers have written more music than most people, but um, that was not on our. But but they wrote some cool, really cute. They really stuff for did. The Pooh. It was just very hard to rework. So, yeah, because that's so uh, it's so perfect for what it right. already served. It tells you know? the so, story right. for Winnie the Pooh. And my last. Let's go to my last. Rapid fire here. BTS, the K-pop group, released their follow-up single to their smash Dynamite, and it's titled Butter. Butter. <laughs> Butter. We love that word. Um, <laughs> and it's actually been crushing a few Guinness World Records. Mm-hmm. Um, their YouTube music video for Butter has broken the record for most viewers with the premiere of a music video with 3.9 million people watching oh my gosh. the video at once. Oh. Um and then it also broke the record for most viewers at the premiere of the video. So it's a kind of the same thing, but they both get that. And they also made waves on Spotify where Butter racked up over 11 million global streams in one day. It's amazing. That's a lot. Of it's quite international. You have to be yes. quite internationally known to do something like that. Yeah. Not just American or European or Asian, right? So like, wow. Yeah, it's really, K-pop has been around now for a while, so it's really cool to see, like, the K-pop fandom is huge. It's, like, what the fandom for, like, Backstreet Boys and the Spice Girls were. Like, this is huge, 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 and uh, just to let you know, they just beat that that Spotify um, world record beat out Justin Bieber and Ed Sheeran's I Don't Care collaboration. And BTS, there's a lot of people in that group. Yeah. I feel like when we see groups like yeah. girl group or boy groups like four or yeah, five, the isn't there like the, eight or nine of them? The K-pop group? groups are huge. They're big. That's a lot of, which yeah. means it's a lot, a lot of. And you know what? A big group, you know. You know what? Cody Rigsby brought this up on his Peloton. Okay, line. okay. He's like, where is the choreo? Guess what? Go watch the K-pop oh, groups because yeah. the choreo is happening. They do. The choreo yes. is, yeah, they're really doing it. I'm very yes. impressed. Yeah, that's a cool so, group. That's oh. awesome. Oh. oh here we go. Places. Yes. Um, so we thank you all for listening today and we hope you enjoyed our podcast episode please subscribe to our podcast on Spotify and Apple Music you just gotta click that subscribe button and you can leave us a review as well that would be really helpful please leave us a review if you love what you heard today we also want you to join in on our conversation and engage with us head over to our Instagram at Two Worlds Ent which is at T-W-O-W-O-R-L-D-S-E-N-T 
and comment on the latest post you see about this podcast episode because we would love to hear from you and let us know what you want to hear next on next week's podcast yes you can also in the description of this podcast we'll have all the links to easily access reviewing the articles we talked about today and following us on instagram yay follow us on instagram yay 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 okay all right until next time i'm richie and i'm jeff signing off ta-ta bye Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.